Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I'm Andrew Scaff. He's Mike Worman. We're going to be talking about the NFL Week 3, NFL Week 4 preview, and also uh, Dayton Moore's uh, firing in Kansas City and the future of the Royals. Uh, but first, uh, maybe which, which um, 2-0 team in the NFL uh, had a more surprising loss last week, Mike? Hmm, there were a lot of surprises i think i think the chiefs loss to the colts was surprising particularly in the way that it happened um with, with really bad special teams play not really good offensive play either um the defense played pretty well other than that uh penalty uh that was called on uh, chris jones which seems maybe being if iffy penalty at, at best um in the last drive but um i'm you know, it was very surprising with the Bills as well, losing, losing to Miami. Uh, Miami has been um, really a good team so far uh, this year. Um, I'm of the opinion, I, I, I'm a little surprised that uh, the Buccaneers uh, lost in the way that they did, uh, that their offense has just been so bad. So it was 14 to 12. Uh, they, you know, they held Green Bay to 14 points, but they could always muster 12 of their own. Um, so I think maybe maybe that maybe that loss in in that, that fashion was was the most surprising to me. I thought I, again part maybe partly because I bet on the game as being in higher scoring than it was. Um, I was surprised that it was it was it was such a slug. And not and not just the um, not being able to get off the uh, the two point conversion attempt before the uh, shot clock expired. That cost yeah. the game, right? Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was a mess uh, for both teams. Yeah, Green Bay. Yeah, neither neither team could really do much on offense. Yeah. Um, Green Bay's. Like, it seems like it seems like offenses across the league that you, a lot of the offenses that you think would be good are struggling uh, this year. The Chiefs' offense has not been as strong as it was recently, uh, as it was in recent years. I don't think, um, perhaps because they have new receivers. Same thing for Green Bay. Tampa's offense has been struggling. Um, you say the Rams' offense has been has, has been sputtering somewhat. Uh, we thought the Broncos' offense would be pretty good with Russell Wilson. It has been terrible. Um, they're they're in the same position as the Chiefs, two and one. Yeah, yeah. Somehow they're two and one. Uh, they've played a very easy schedule. We could we we could we could say so far mm-hmm. two home games, um, a very winnable game against Seattle on the road where they lost. But what, what, what surprised you? Which, which 2-0 team that lost surprised you? Was it the Giants when they lost to the Cowboys? Your, yeah, your, your Giants, right? I think that's how... My, my New York Giants. I'm, yeah, I, I thought... You said something um, almost positive about them once, uh, so they became your Giants immediately at that point, right? Yeah, like, I, I think they still have an outside shot at a wild card berth in the NFC because the NFC is not that great. Although, you know, there's winning, there were, you know, their teams winning games. So maybe, maybe the NFC is looking better than we gave it credit for. The, um, or, or was the, is the more surprising thing not one of the 2 0 teams losing, but um, possibly the Cowboys winning their second game after losing Dak Prescott for uh, that's sur- weeks? That's surprising. I think. Of the two and one teams, that's the most surprising. I think we'd have to go down to Florida and say it's the Jacksonville Jaguars at two and one. 
especially the way they won their second game against the Chargers, who gave the Chiefs a real run for their money uh, Thursday night last week. They just uh, it was 28, 28 to ten um, Jaguars all the way. It was it was a, a thorough drubbing. Um, Herbert didn't look very good, and he, maybe he's maybe he's more injured than it seemed like he was at the end of the Chiefs game when he was wincing quite a bit, but he could still make some good throws mm-hmm. at the end of the game. Maybe he was just running on adrenaline at that point. We have 38-10 loss at home to Jacksonville. It's, that has to be surprising. But knowing that Herbert's injury, um, you sort of excuse it, I think, a bit. Well, right? still allowing 38 points to Jacksonville, uh, you think that the Chargers have a very good defense. So they, they had a very strong defense against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. But then letting Jacksonville you know, run wild, that's I think that's a maybe been 24 to 10 or something like that you could say well maybe you know the defense didn't play terribly but the offense just wasn't itself 38 points is a lot of points or or is it just that one facet of the game not being um playing to the level of their expectation just threw everything out and and the game just fell apart because of uh the offense sputtered uh with herbert's that's possible that's possible uh you, you know we said you know one of the you know one of the problems that the Chargers have is that they don't have a home field, really. They don't have a home field advantage, uh, so they don't really have a crowd that lifts them up, probably. Uh, they don't have a lot of, um, you know, momentum that uh, it comes from playing at, at home. I guess the Jaguars really don't either. Uh, they don't have much of a following, although they might now since uh, they're looking pretty good uh, so far uh, this season. But there, there apparently were um, 68,000 fans um, at the uh, in LA for that game. Wow. Okay. How many? How many uh, seats does SoFi have? Uh, this uh, capacity says 71.5. So it wasn't quite a sellout. Not quite. Well, oh, but very close. But for yeah, for for the Chargers game, that's pretty good. Yeah, it looks like. Or um, what there... was? Or does this have nothing to do with uh, with the Chargers at all? And this was uh, just uh, Trevor Lawrence and uh, Jacksonville's uh, coming out party, basically. I think it's still too early to say that, since this isn't this is a team that went two and fifteen last year. I don't think they're that much different than they were uh, the previous year. But I guess this is Trevor Lawrence's second year. Maybe you could say Urban Meyer was such a disaster that you know maybe the team wasn't not as bad as its record indicates. I guess we can probably say that um, few teams would be as bad as the Jaguars last year. Or, or would you say that it's possible that uh, Urban Meyer's planning has now paid off <laughs> this season? <laughs> he, he laid a solid foundation for uh, Doug Peterson to uh, uh, you know, run with. You know, we're all standing on the shoulders of giants and maybe Doug Peterson is simply standing on Urban Meyer's uh, gigantic Atlas-like shoulders is that what you're saying i i'm not saying that but <laughs> one it's also it's also three games into the season and <laughs> september, september is screwy especially with uh teams treating the preseason much more lightly than they have in the past uh september in some ways is going to be more unpredictable wackier and we don't really know what we have until a few weeks in 
but but it only took three weeks for uh, Doug Peterson to catch Urban Meyer in career wins for the Jacksonville Jaguars themselves. Yeah, he is now tied for fifth out of uh, I think seven right uh, long term head coaches, but coaches of of the Jaguars, not including interim head coaches. Uh, there was an interim coach, Mel Tucker, in 2011, who also won two games. Uh, two, uh, he was two and three. Mike Malarkey was two and 14 in 2012. Urban Meyer was two and 11 uh, in uh, 2021. Well, I guess uh, the, the Jaguars won three games last year because they won one game under Daryl Bevel as their interim coach. Uh, but yeah, Doug Peterson is two and one. He is fifth, tied for fifth place all time among Jaguar, among uh, the Jacksonville um, coaches. He needs 12 wins to catch Gus Bradley for uh, fourth place. Think he does that this year? I'm gonna say no. You don't think he leads the Jaguars to a 14 and three? 14 and three season? Not, not likely. I don't think so either. But, but, but. I don't know why he wouldn't do that next year, though. But he is a Super Bowl winning coach, Doug Peterson. It's true. Former, also former Chiefs assistant coach. That's right. One Andy Reid disciple. Because he won um, with the Eagles, right? He won with the Eagles with uh, the uh, Chiefs' uh, former backup quarterback uh, filling Nick in. Yeah, Nick Foles uh, leading the team, leading the team to victory. It was one of the more improbable Super Bowl ones with Carson Wentz as the original starting quarterback. And now look at Carson Wentz on his third team in three years. Uh, he has led the Commanders to a one and two record. But um, he had a ton of passing yards the first couple of weeks. Yeah, he did. He's maybe come back to earth. But he got sacked something like nine times, I guess. Um, Sunday is that right? Yeah, yeah. The Eagles really took it took it to the Commanders. There, their win, their one. And other teams now left in the league, and one in the NFC, one in the AFC. And it's the Eagles and the Dolphins. Do you think those are the best two teams in the league right now? I do not. Uh, but but I, I think the um the Eagles may be one of the best, maybe the best team in the NFC. Um. The yeah, I think Miami is still. I think they're basically one injury away from complete collapse. <laughs> That's what my guess is. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think the the Eagles may actually be be the best of the NFC. They look pretty good. It's hard to say. It's still early. I tend to think that they will be surpassed by at least one of the Rams. Buccaneers or or Packers, yeah. Uh, this year as the top as the top NFC team, but Philadelphia is looking much better in in, uh, in in the second year of you know the full time starter Jalen Hurts. I, I am partial to the uh, former Big Twelve quarterbacks, although he was only there for he was only there for a season. He was an Alabama time. quarterback. Prior to that, <laughs> I I would, I would still claim him as a Big Twelve quarterback though. Okay, I can see. That. Had his best season probably as uh, with Oklahoma individual season. Maybe probably best team season. He won national championship in Alabama, but right, probably best individual season they had uh, with Oklahoma. 
and his fellow was fellow Alabama quarterback to a uh, Tagovailoa is having an excellent season so far. Miami, the other three and team. Do you think Miami? When do you think Miami loses its first game? Do they they lose this week uh, on the road to uh, the Bengals? They're playing Thursday night against uh, Cincinnati. Do you think they're gonna? So that that would be a bit of a potential letdown game for them after having just beaten the Bills in what may have been the game of the week. Um, this in week three, because uh, that was a pretty that was a pretty exciting finish. The two two did get banged up a bit at the end of the game. Uh, may may have had a head injury or back injury. Yeah, they, they said he didn't have a concussion, but looked like maybe he did. It was hard to say. He came back in though, so maybe he was just it wasn't his that head. Was, that, was, that was one where they they um the same sort of thing happened with Mahomes in a game two years ago, I think. Um, and you know he wasn't allowed to continue to play because they they entered um concussion protocols, and they didn't they didn't seem to do that with with uh with Tua um this week but uh I think the the players association has asked the union has asked for um them to look into that but I haven't I haven't heard if there's a, been a result from that yet. Yeah so I guess his he passed the concussion tests but usually it seems like those tests take a much longer time to run nowadays mm-hmm. than they do just oh count you know how many fingers do I have who's the president what day of the week is it you know, it's 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 more comprehensive than it was, and so it seems like maybe he didn't really get that comprehensive battery that other quarterbacks, other players are getting nowadays. Mm. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what went, but uh... we 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 haven't mentioned the the funniest uh, incident in that game, which was the the punt off of the. Uh, Miami, Miami punting off of its own, one of its own players' butts uh, to leave to a safety and to maybe put the game in doubt towards the end with, with the 21 19, um, with the 21 19 win. Uh, what did you think of that play? Well, I thought it was entertaining that they, um, the announcers had talked about, um, just taking the safety just to not have to even deal with the punt. Um, and they, I mean, essentially had that result of having run the play. In a very odd manner, but uh, the result ended up being the same, and and now getting to be talked about nationally. Repeated. Yeah, they didn't have very much time left. Yeah, so it seems like uh, that the butt punt. <laughs> Ooh, I, I'm just um, taking a look at the uh, um, Miami's schedule, and there is not a lot on here that's uh, challenging. Their uh, next series of games at Bengals this week, maybe their most difficult game they have coming up. Okay. At Jets, the Vikings and Steelers at home, at Lions, at Bears, Browns and Texans at home. And then we get a tougher schedule, it looks like. At 49ers, at Chargers, at Bills. They home against not, the Packers. They may not lose until until they get into that, that sequence. They, they could go into that. Uh, eleven and they could be eleven and zero, and then drop four of the next five games. Yeah, I could see that. I, I, I think I'm, I'm still. I think the Bengals are still a good team, 
and I think they're figuring it out. I, I, I think that's on a short week. I think the Bengals have a good shot at beating uh, the Dolphins. I think the Bengals really need this game much more than Miami does. I think that's true. they don't want to be, they don't want to be one in three. And, and Miami's coming off that tough win against who was expected to be the uh, Super Bowl favorite preseason, at least anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It might be a letdown game. You know, the Bengals have a not that difficult schedule, somewhat more, I'd say more difficult schedule coming up than the, than the uh, Dolphins do. So I think they really need the Dolphins game because they're going to the Ravens at New Orleans, um, easier game home against the Falcons, maybe at the Browns home against the Panthers. So they have, a, they have a, maybe an easier stretch coming up in the middle of the season, but they have a, next two games are going to be tough for them, I think. So I think they, I think Thursday is a big game for the Bengals too. They, if they, if they want to see you know, solidify themselves as, as somebody in playoff contention, being one in three and then possibly one in four after going to see the Ravens. That's going to be a tough hill to climb. So how, how did we uh, fare in our uh, betting competition from week three? Well, you improved and I stayed the same, uh, which leads to one and two uh, finishes. Um, I the, the one I was successful on was the Detroit Lions um, Minnesota Vikings game. I believe it was fifty three and a half was this was the over under. I picked the under. It ended up being twenty eight twenty four uh, Vikings. Uh, so they just barely <laughs> uh, stayed under. But it was under. That's all it has to do is barely stay under. And so I won that one. And. Just, just so you know, uh, there were uh, three missed field goals in that game. <laughs> there have been, been a lot of missed. There have been a lot of missed field goals this season. It seems like uh, maybe it's just just from watching the Chiefs. I think they've missed a kick every game so far. Yeah, they. Uh, but with only, um, but Butker has not missed a kick yet. Butker has not missed a kick, but. <laughs> Justin Reed missed an extra point. Amendola missed an extra point uh, against the Chargers. He missed one against the Colts. He also missed a field goal against the Colts. And because he was missing those kicks, the Chiefs ran an ill-advised fake field goal on fourth and 12 or something like that. You know, that's, that's tough to get 12 yards on a, on a fake. You know, if it's a fourth and four, fourth and five, all right, run a fake. But, yeah, that was uh, – the, the Chiefs were kind of – Put it, put it in a hard place with mm-hmm. Amendola with, without Bunker. I think they really need to get Bunker back. It almost seemed like they they maybe should have considered using Justin Reed on kickoffs too, just because he could actually kick it into the end zone, get the touchback. Because Amendola wasn't um, even getting it to the end zone line, let alone through the end zone, which is what we've come to expect from the uh, kickoffs anyway. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe they should. Have. I don't know. They did, I guess they want Justin Reed to concentrate on being a safety rather than kicking, but. Probably kicking off it doesn't take doesn't take that much uh, concentration off off the defense, especially because you are a play because you're really you're it's a, you're a defensive player as a kickoff 
man because you're 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 playing defense against the kick return mm. and so then you just be on the field the next snap maybe especially given the fact that special teams has kind of struggled maybe having a, a better player on special teams could be good you know i getting a lot of risk injuries and things like that but the chief special teams has, has left much to be desired this year that the, the um and the chief special teams perhaps cost you a chance uh, at sweeping your Chiefs bets. Yes. Um, Amendola was uh, released from the practice squad um, yesterday, apparently. Okay. So he, so he will, will not be gonna, back. Either, so they'll go with Reed? I, I don't know. They've said yet. They may they may be holding another. So, yeah, either Butker is um, ready to come back or they'll be hosting another. Um, what was the. Uh, Six-man kicker to Reed. <laughs> Yeah. I knew you were gonna have that ready, so yes. I couldn't quite remember what it was. <laughs> was it a Royal Rumble of kicks kickers? Kicker, no, that was kicker. right. I wonder if they were all kicking at the same time into mm. uh trying, you know, mm. like it's like like when uh you know basketball teams warm up before the game when they're all you know shooting like nine basketballs at a single right. hoop, whether they're all kicking at the same uh goalposts at the same time, you know, right. balls knocking into each other and uh things like that. I think I hope that's what happened. That'd be just the chaos that you would like to see in pregame, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. So what you you won on your over under bet? I did. Uh, yeah, there's yeah, uh, over under forty nine. Uh, was not close. There's only well, not very close anyway. Thirty thirty seven was the uh, the total. Finish well under. So not not at risk really for uh for that. Um, you know, falling on the over, over a bad beat or something, right? Um, but uh, yes, did not did not perform well in the uh, Chief, Chiefs minus six and a half. Uh, nowhere close to that. Didn't not only didn't cover, did not win. So, yeah, apparently ninety one percent of the money was on the Chiefs. Is that right? In the game, and so uh, the sports books really cleaned up on that one. They must know something we didn't. Um, or or or. <laughs> You're, you're suspecting something nefarious, and <laughs> the uh, flag on Chris Jones um, seems like a good spot uh, to to influence that. that yeah, likely that wouldn't have affected the spread any, uh, but the Chiefs probably would have won by four had they taken the ball. They probably would just kneeled down and, and got the victory that way. But still, there's yeah, there's it, plenty of was time iffy, left when that happened, though. Yeah, that was an iffy flag. For sure, at best, an iffy flag seems like something they would they wouldn't call. But it seems like the Chiefs get called on that sort of thing a lot. Uh, Chris Jones in the Super Bowl was yell was talking to Tom Brady and got a personal foul call as well. So it seems like when Jones argues with an older white quarterback, the uh, flags get uh, thrown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there was there was um just over five minutes left when that when that happened. So my yeah my other two bets were less successful. We talked a little bit about the Green Bay-Tampa Bay game. That was a 42 uh, over-under. I went over on that. I thought, oh, yeah, two offenses led by two of the all-time great quarterbacks, uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. That's going to be at least a 24 to 21 game, you think. Touchdowns scored on both sides, but nowhere close to that. It seems like neither, you know, Neither team has 
too many receiving options at this point. Mm-hmm. Rodgers is uh, really missing Devontae Adams. And Brady is, is missing many of his top uh, weapons on offense, too, that are, if they, even if they're playing, they're kind of in, in, in not terribly great shape right now. So, yeah, that was an under all the way. And my other game was was one of the one we mentioned the debacle. Uh, I picked. I thought, yeah, there's no, yeah, the Chargers uh, are going to lose at home to Jacks to lowly Jacksonville. Justin Herbert looks like he's playing. We think that the Chargers want to bounce back after their tough loss to the Chiefs. They've had ten days to recover. So she's by the the, the check the Chargers by seven. It's it's a high spread, but not that high. The you think maybe the Jaguars are simply riding high after the victory against the Colts. They aren't really that good, and oh well, it turned out that turned out to be a disaster. It was a I was off I was off by thirty five points on oh, that yeah. spread by thirty five. They lost but they lost thirty eight to ten. So it was a uh, I could have yeah Jacksonville plus twenty eight rather than. Uh, Jacksonville minus 28 rather than uh, plus seven in that game. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, if you'd have seen that line of Jacksonville minus 28, you would have taken the uh, the Chargers on that every time, right? Well, I wouldn't have lost. I would, I would have simply pushed uh, today. Uh, 27, I think it's 27, 27 and a half. half. Yeah, yeah, I would have, I would have definitely, yeah, that would have been, I would have wondered why that was that it was the case, but it was a really big drubbing. I think, I think this was a week where many bettors were flummoxed by the results and the sports books were very happy to rake in the cash and that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. How about your third? Your third bet. You're not. You're not in Chiefs bet. Yes, my uh, third bet was I had the uh, Houston uh, Chicago game uh, with the under of forty and a half, um, and it and they were they got to the forty by the end of the third quarter, uh, so I, I had to hope for a scoreless fourth and then end in a tie. And scoreless overtime, which has happened already to the Texans this year. They, they, and it was the exact same score, twenty to twenty, when they right. lost, uh, where they tied the Colts uh, in Week One. So it's possible. Neither neither team has a very good offense, but the under was slightly too low, and that was a close one. The uh, and then yeah, so the Bears ended up kicking a field goal as uh, regulation expired. Uh, to, to ruin my chance at a, a winning a winning week, Mike. So it's, it's, uh, it did it to me personally is what I think. You would have had a winning week. It would have really picked you up after uh, last week's all-losing week. Ugh. But still, I am, I am the model of consistency going yes. one and two, one and two, one and two. So I am, I am steadily losing $100 a week. Yes. And now I'm minus 300 for the season. And I'm only 100 behind you, I guess, minus, right? right. You're minus 500. You're oh, one and two, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. oh and three, and then one and two. So you're still <laughs> minus 500. That's true. No, yes. Right. Two. You're two and six so two far. Two wins and 
seven losses, right? Two and seven. You're two and two seven, seven so far. Two and seven. I'm three and six. We're both uh, gotta improve that. Yeah. So if, if 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 our viewers were watching us, they should if they if they are going against our picks, uh, they're they're looking they're sitting pretty on the year. Breaking in the cash. We are. This Betting against they, us. They'd be a model of a professional gambler. They could really take it to the bank. Um, maybe this week we'll turn it around though, and we will be the be the ones laughing all the way to the bank. There we go. Or the proverbial bank, proverbially laughing. <laughs> Actually, I should ask you, did, did you um, enjoy the final score of the uh, Broncos 49ers game, though? The, uh, 11 to 10. 11 to 10. It was sad. And it was, and they lost because of that bad safety that uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo took when he accidentally ran out of the end zone running away. Uh, yeah, he didn't I thought see it was a, not nearly as bad as the um, Dan Olavsky. Oh, the Dan they, they played that Dan Olavsky one mm. a lot when he just was fleeing from a would be, would be, uh, pass rusher and just didn't apparently remember he was in the end zone and just kind of ran well well out of the back of the end zone yards out of the back and many steps out of the back well garoppolo is i was i think we can say is a better quarterback than orlovsky was in the nfl Mm. but yeah that was 11 to 10 the broncos somehow are two and one on the year despite all sorts of Bad play, bad coaching, uh, and you know they've they've uh, been able to eke out two wins. But is the um, only mustering twenty-one points in the game for those two teams combined? Um, so falling uh, twenty-four points under the uh, over/under line uh, for that game is that more surprising than the uh, Jacksonville thirty? Uh, 30- Five point differential. No, I think the Jacksonville win by four touchdowns is more surprising. I think we knew we saw two uh, two weeks into the season, the Broncos' offense hasn't been very good, and the 49ers' offense has the capability of, of also producing a lot of low scoring games. So maybe that shouldn't have been as big a surprise. Maybe, <laughs> maybe eleven to ten was a surprise, but going under yeah. to forty five, I think was a maybe was a bet that we should have taken i was i was hoping for the uh seven to five final though that was my seven to five yeah my hope (laughs) still a sort of high scoring baseball game right the royals and the mariners uh outscored each outscored each of those teams when their 13 to 12 game uh, a few days ago so (laughs) speaking of the royals Mm -hmm. What do you think of the dismissal of team president, longtime general manager, Dayton Moore, the architect of two World Series teams, two pennants, one championship, unceremoniously dumped before the end of the season? Uh, what, do, what do you think of that, Andrew? Well, it's not, it's not like it came down to maybe a couple of different um, factors, uh, one of which being um, the team wanting to use more team and owner, especially wanting to use more analytics in baseball. Uh, Dayton Moore was pretty opposed to analytics. Um, I, I guess is how they structured the franchise, um, and also in how they've um, chosen managers, uh, especially of, of recent. The most recent managers have been very anti-data, more of the uh, go go with the gut mentality all the time. Um, 
And um, I, I guess somebody more was opposed to the um, idea of uh, the downtown stadium for the team too. And it sounds like Sherman is uh, very much uh, in favor of a downtown stadium. Um, and that, that may have also been a factor in, in the release. Uh, personally, I think it was a long time coming uh, to have that date more removed. Uh, it's been too many years of not very good performance, uh, seem seemingly focusing on things that have nothing to do with baseball as the primary factor and who, who they go after for players. Um, you think you think the team necessary. was embarrassed by the number of players who were ineligible to play in Canada this year because of uh, COVID-19 uh, refusal to get COVID-19 vaccination. The Royals had, had 10 players who were unable to make the trip to Canada, far more than any other team, it seemed like. So I, I think the, that Dayton Moore's philosophy led to that directly. So if um, I don't think Dayton Moore didn't seem happy with that, even though it seems like that was the kind of um, personality type that he was fostering. Uh, you know, going after and play in uh, player personalities, at least anyway, that, that that mentality was going to be likely uh, to not get vaccinated, I think. But um, the uh, I mean, yeah, Sherman may not have been terribly happy with that um, result, <laughs> but uh, I, it, I think it made the season a little more interesting, knowing that the Royals weren't in very good position uh, to bring up all those young players to see what we had in the minor league system. Uh, we may have uh, exhausted the minor league system at the same time, as now we have one of the lowest rated minor league systems. Yeah, it's, they, they, they called up all the players that were nearly ready. And it seems like the, the minor league players have, or the new players have played pretty well, or at least not any worse than the players that they replaced. Mm. And so there, it seems like there's some room for improvement there. Um, there are some, you know, Pasquantino has played well. Um, uh, Massey has been a pretty good player. Uh, surprisingly, I don't think he was really on the radar. If any uh, anyone compared to some to some of those other prospects, Melendez has, has played relatively well. That they've bounced him around uh, all sorts of positions. There's there have been some. Uh, you know, this has been the year that Brady Singer has really uh, some little bright spots. I think uh, the team isn't going to lose 100 games. Uh, we know that now, uh, as as we're taping this episode, uh, they, they did just lose to the Tigers uh, four to three in extra innings. They were had three to nothing in the ninth, and that might be a key uh, loss in determining whether or not our bet uh, of the over under sixty six and a half wins will um, fall into place. Uh, they're now sixty three ninety one. They have eight games left. They need to go four and four in their last eight for me to win the bet and to have a 67 95 team. They, uh, you know, they, if they lose, if they win any fewer than four games, Dr. Scaff will be the winner on the over under of, of, of 66 and a half. Would, would you rather the Royals win out and you lose your bet, or would you rather win the bet and uh, the Royals uh, lose? Um, uh, enough games for you to win. I mean, I apparently am not very concerned about winning bets in this uh, in our competition right now. Uh, I'd, I'd much prefer the team to win. I mean, I'm always going to be a Royals fan. I'd, I'd rather them win. This is just more about expectation, I think, than what I have. Anything else is uh, keeping expectations low and hoping they exceed them, even if it costs me a 
you know, a thing I said, who cares? A fake, a, yeah, a, a fake $100 or whatever. Um, but yeah, um, do you, are you disappointed in the fact that the Royals lost the game today um, with the uh, term that you coined, the uh, bequeathed runner uh, would have been the uh, one that scored, uh, the runner placed at second base uh, in extras to try to speed the end of the game along. Yeah, ne- yeah they, they got rid of that for next year. Right. And uh, did they? I don't. I don't know if they did. I'll look it up. They should. They should because it's um it's ridiculous that they <laughs> have that. It's like um playing a different game in extra innings. It's, um, like penalty kicks and soccer, hockey, or uh, it seems like the um, NBA should institute a free throw shooting contest. If the game ends regulation in a tie, that seems like it'd be better for that sport as well, right? Yeah. Or, or would you like to see a home run derby in extra innings for baseball? I, 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 I no, I, I want, I just want them to keep playing forever. I like, I, I like, the, I like the long extra inning games. I think the ghost it's runner random to have a game go like really long, you know, really deep into extras. It's not not happening all the time so it doesn't throw off their um statistics about the average game time by having one game go to like 16 17 innings you know yeah i don't i i, I haven't seen if the ghost runner is going to stick around or not i'm, I'm looking at it right now i it think seems- i don't remember seeing that as one of the official rule changes maybe that maybe they've considered it i think it's still here for now Because the most recent um, announcement they had about rule changes um, just had the um, the size of the bases, the um, positioning of the infielders, two on each side of the second base bag, um, and the pitch clocks. I think were the those were the the rule changes. I think they were um, voted on and approved at the last uh, meeting just a few months ago, or a month ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think there's still is going to be the bequeathed runner. I think it's still a thing. Yeah, I, I I'm not a fan of that. I think they should, I don't think it really slows. I don't really think it speeds the game up that much, and I don't think it's anything that it messes. I think it, it messes with the statistics and things like that. So, I, but I haven't I haven't seen. Uh, any real things that say they're definitely going to keep it it hasn't changed yet so it's mm. it's possible yeah. um i think i think it could be changed i don't i don't know that it's um officially announced that it's been changed in any way yeah i see it in, in that it seems like they're ex- earlier this month they're expecting to get rid of the ghost runner next year uh, they kept it for COVID, I think, partly, but I don't. Um, yeah, I don't. But the you know the Royals uh, pitcher um, Masevich uh, ends up taking the loss then, uh, but is you know credited with a run allowed, but not it's not it doesn't count as earned. So it's a, it's it seems like we, weird for like you know his 
personal stats probably look worse now as a whole since he takes that loss for a mm-hmm. run that he didn't put on there. You know, yeah, I, I don't think that's fair. I think it's why not? Why not put it? You know, why why do it for extra reasons? Why not put it on the ninth? You know, I I see it as a. I think I think they are keeping it uh, from what I've seen. It seems like they have if they haven't taken it away. They're going to keep it, and I think that's a dumb rule. I think that's the dumb, I think that's one of the dumbest of the rules uh, that they could have put in place. The rando base runner on second, and you know if you want to win the I guess if you want give us you know if you want to win the game you know score a run the real way, and I think when we the like it used to be by banning the shift, making the team speed up and play more quickly. Mm-hmm. I would say, well, why why are we including this new big ghost runner that really none of the, I don't think anybody likes? It doesn't. It really doesn't make sense, especially in a sport that's um, driven by as many statistics as there are built around uh, baseball. Uh, it really can't be justified. <laughs> Back, back to the Royals. Do you think JJ Piccolo is going to do any better than uh, Dayton Moore on his own? Um, I think the bar is actually fairly low. I, I, I mean, for like, yeah, what, what do you consider better? Does he have to go to two World Series? Um, does he have to win a World Series, or does he just have to outperform Dayton Moore's last uh, five or six seasons? I think he makes the team competitive. That will be outperforming Dayton Moore. Moore uh, had about a five-year run in the middle where the team was was pretty good, and that included the two World Series and probably the year, maybe the couple years before, a couple years after, maybe, maybe almost six years of a team that was pretty competitive. All the other years, though, they were pretty far under 500 each of the years, if I recall correctly. So um, he had a a peak. But it took a very long time to get to that peak, and it seems like it's taking a very long time, or would take him a very long time to get to that peak again. And so maybe we want uh, somebody, maybe who's going to have a less high peak, but a a higher higher floor, oh, less yeah. of a trough. And right, maybe maybe Piccolo could do that. I, I mean, that that's a pretty low bar, really, for expectations. I think, uh, and it seems like that should be more than achievable. Uh, but uh, he was the player development guy for the organization for a long period of time. And, uh, you know, as of now, the Royals minor league system is one of the lowest rated minor league systems uh, in all of baseball. So, the, yeah. so they did call up a lot of players, though. Relatively difficult to, to get to that. Yeah, uh, sometimes a few yeah. good drafts change those things. Mm-hmm. And if the if – the, uh, not, not, not with the way the Royals have – Tended to draft though. <laughs> yeah, maybe 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 things will be different under Piccolo. Um, it's they, hard to. Say. It seems like they, they made, in my opinion at least, uh, they they would need to do more um, house cleaning to really make. If they think the Dayton Moore was the actual problem, then most of the people that he hired would also be part of the problem, and they would need to clean out the coaching staff. Yeah, get a lot yeah. of the office as well, um, just to reset. Um, but making only one change, I don't know if they're going to get any difference, especially if um, Matheny's still managing the team. Because the like you can be not the most talented team on the field, 
if you can play smarter than the other team, you might win some extra games. Um, they're not going to do that with Matheny. But may, is Piccolo maybe going to make those changes in the offseason? It's is that it's is that why they hired possible. him? And, that, and I think that'll be the that'll signal um, how the team's going to develop uh, from here out. Uh, if there aren't changes in the coaching staff, I mean, I don't know how it's going to be anything other than more of the same. We'll just have to see how, how things progress once the season ends. If, if it goes more than a week or two after the season's over without without any um, announcement of um, coach assignments, then um, I'm keeping my expectations extremely low for the team for the future. How, think, how, what, what, uh, what do you think about that? I think that makes sense. I think I don't think Matheny is a great manager. I don't think he handles the bullpen very well. I don't think he um, – has he, you know the team has not done very well under his watch, and so and I and I think the pitching has been particularly. I think the hitting hasn't been great either, uh, but usually. And they fired the uh, hitting coach during the season as uh, seemingly being the, what was at least assigned blame for the problem in the early, early yeah, months there. He's only coached the team three years, managed the team three years. They were pretty decent, albeit in a very, very short season in 2020 under Matheny, 26 and 34. They were 74 and 88 last year, 63 and 90 so far. Uh, or 63 and 91 now so far this year. He has regressed this year. I think he gets one more year. He was a winning manager most of the time in St. Louis. <laughs> but but was fired for his um, bullpen usage was the uh, – so you'd think that maybe, you know, if you, if you get fired for something specifically, that when you get a new job, the one thing you would try to change would be the thing that you got fired for. Uh, and yeah, I don't. It seems like he's amplified his stupidity in uh, how he manages the bullpen. Um, and I know he manages injuries too. So I think um, Sal Perez um, had uh, something that uh, he was supposed to be out for um, at least a couple of weeks, and he, they rushed him back um, after like maybe one. Uh, and, then, and then he ended up missing like two or three weeks later because he re-aggravated that injury that wasn't allowed to heal. Um, and that's something that, that um, you know, managers got to be able to tell a player that he has to sit down for a bit, even if he wants to play. And it doesn't seem like he's willing to do that. Yeah. He, I, I think he could be gone. I think that, I think also they could give him one more year and see what happens. Um, but Maybe with the more firing before the season is over, this was a signal that they're going to give Piccolo a little bit more power to do things in the offseason rather than just taking over in the offseason. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, coaching, uh, coaching managerial changes. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not terribly optimistic about the Royals', Royals immediate future, but I am still – kind of basking in the 2015 uh, World Series and the 2014 uh, pennant run, partly because maybe I'm getting older. Uh, time flies more quickly. It, <laughs> doesn't, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago when the Royals uh, were very good. So maybe 
two or three more years, I'll I'll change my tune. But I'm I'm still I'm still basking in the in the World Series uh, success. Well, and you can see by the uh, the shirt that I'm wearing that I'm still a Royals fan despite their their losing ways. Uh, we'll continue to wear my Royals apparel regularly. Um, well, we'll tune in next next week and we'll see. Uh, we'll have a closer idea about who's going how, how the Royals are going to finish up their season and we uh you know i don't know if we'll know anything uh more in a week maybe two weeks uh we'll see what we'll see what happens in the off season usually managerial changes or non-changes are signaled very very early mm -hmm. after the season is over to give to maximize the time in which uh, you can find a new guy or at least cement uh the old guy uh further into place so mm -hmm. it's one of the thing to keep an eye on absolutely but yeah, but what, uh, they have, uh, what, two games left against Detroit, then six more against Cleveland. Cleveland. And Cleveland has won, the, you know, despite having one of the lowest payrolls and one of the youngest rosters in the game, has won the division title again. Maybe Cleveland lets its foot off the gas a little bit in the final series against the Royals, just looking to stay healthy uh, before entering the playoffs. Which so maybe their um, seed is already locked. Uh, even now with it, still eight games to go. Um, yeah, they can't catch the Yankees. Uh, they aren't going to solidly in that three seed. Yeah. Aren't going to catch the Astros. So should, should we move on and talk about this week's football games in our, in our new? Do you have your, your picks best? locked in? I do have my picks. Well, yeah, I think they're locked in. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking for if I go three and zero, I'll be five hundred on the year, and I'll I'll have broken even. So that that uh, that could bode well for a, a new start. But I'm not. Big strategy I'm, change this time from from last week, or um, you gonna stick with the uh, strategy the teams were who failed you in your previous bets uh, from the last week? Slight well, tweak or major adjustment for uh, this week for you? I decided. I, I think I think it's more of a slight tweak rather than a major adjustment. I figured that this is last week was a week that everybody took a bath, and I didn't I didn't I don't want to let that get to me too much, and so I'm just looking at the games that I think uh, will be decided differently from what the spread uh, indicates. I, I didn't go with any over unders because I'm I'm a little frightened of the over under right now given the fact that you know some scores have been so so low and. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's going to keep be a trend that continues this year or not. But I like um, that you just said that because uh, my my strategy for this week is going to be uh, playing on that uh, that that you are um, not correct on what you just said. Because I'm going to be I'm going to be betting all over unders. You know, all over unders. Okay, yeah. and you're going okay. And, so I'm, and, also... and I'm be taking all overs just to because there are too many unders last time. It can't it can't continue, Mike. What it's, what goes up must come down, or what goes down must go up. <laughs> Um, so my first, again, also probably uh, going against, maybe going against what I usually go against. What I usually do is I'm betting on the Raiders uh, this week as my first bet. The Raiders are favored by two and a half at home in Las Vegas against the Denver Broncos. The Broncos somehow are two and one on the year. The Raiders are 0 and three. Both teams seem like they have bad head coaches right now. Um, neither team is playing particularly well neither, neither 
do the coaches coaching particularly well, I would say maybe, um, you know, these are two of the worst coaches in the league uh, going up against <laughs> each other right now. And, but I still like the Raiders in this game. I think, I think they bounce back. I don't think they, I don't think they're going on four. This is a divisional opponent. Uh, they need this game to win. I think again the Broncos are two and one, but I think they're really a a very weak two and one. And going on the road to Las Vegas, I think I think the I think I think the Raiders are going to win this game. So two and a half, I think the Raiders will win. And uh, I think two and a half is you know if, if the Raiders don't win by field goal, they'll cover me. So I think um, uh, I, I think I'm, I feel I feel somewhat safe going with the Raiders. Is the bet? Um... Influenced by the, the fact that that would help the Chiefs the most, then possibly too. Yes, that would. You see, the Raiders, I guess the Broncos are currently tied for first place in the AFC West with the Chiefs. So uh, if the Chiefs win and the, and the Broncos lose, uh, the Chiefs will be in sole position in first place. It doesn't really matter who's in first place after week four, but <laughs> it, does not, it doesn't. Wait, what? <laughs> but I think. I think we, we all thought going in, the AFC West had four pretty good teams. And the Raiders have nothing to show for it yet. I don't think you know the Broncos haven't. I don't know if they've played any better than the Raiders. Their defense maybe has played uh, pretty well, but offensively they've been bad. And I think this. I, I think it comes back to bite them this time. So I'm hoping. I'm hoping for the Raiders at, at um, minus two and a half. That's a, that's a tough phrase for a Chiefs fan to say. Hoping for the Raiders. That seems well. Rooting for the Broncos isn't isn't, isn't much of a, uh, a you don't hear that often from Chiefs fans either. So no. <laughs> this is one of those games where these are probably the two most hated hated rivals of the of the Chiefs, at least historical historically hated rivals. Maybe right now you would say ooh, the Bengals or the Bills or something like that are are, mm. are, are bigger rivals right now, but bigger they're at least bigger threats anyway. Bigger threats, yeah. Well, maybe not rivals, but definitely threats. But it seems like that might be a game you'd um, you'd want to take Denver at uh, plus two and a half, and then hope that neither team wins. You know, it ends in a, in a tie. <laughs> I'm not going to bet any game looking for a tie. I, I think I think I think that's probably not a not not but, a way to go. But I mean, as a as a as a Chiefs fan, then um, the the best scenario for those two teams is that neither of them win. But you could take a bet that uh, if that scenario happens, then you win. All three times, you'd win thrice on, yeah, the, on, that's, that's, on a personal that's, level twice, and then on your bet once. Yeah, that's that's well. If if you want to play that way, that's fine. I'm I'm still I'm not I'm, I'm not going that way. I'm I'm not try, I'm trying to not bet as a Chiefs fan, and because I think that colors my judgment. <laughs> so I would bet on Chiefs every time. Uh, if I really bet uh, as a fan, so I like the yeah. So I'm I'm. I'm just looking at I'm just looking at the numbers here. I'm trying to be very mathematical. I think I, I like the Raiders at home. Uh, what what is what's your first bet uh, pick this this week? So um, over I, under we know. I think I'm going uh, back to my um, only successful bets have been by doing what uh, you don't like to do by betting uh, you know on or around the Chiefs uh, themselves. Um, I do like the uh, Chiefs Tampa, even though we don't necessarily know where it's being played. Yeah, it could be Tampa, it could be Miami, it could be Minneapolis. Could I've heard Gillette Stadium is uh, mentioned as well. I've heard Arrowhead even, but 
uh, it's going to be played somewhere. It might not even be played Sunday night. Maybe played uh, Monday or Tuesday. That could be that could be interesting too. But uh, the um, over under on that game is uh, forty five. Uh, and I've already I've already said I'm taking overs this week. Uh, I think that seems very achievable for um, the quality of quarterbacks uh, in this game. Defenses are both uh, pretty pretty decent, so that may make it a little tougher. There could be some defensive scores though that could um, lead to additional points. Uh, I do like the over in that game though. Yeah, I, you know you you think with Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, there's going to be a fairly high scoring game. You know, twenty eight twenty one at least. You know, that's over. Even you know, if, if given even given the history of uh, the two of you know the two teams this year, you know they they the offenses have both been struggling, but it seems like probably they're due for, each each one is due for a little bit of a bounce back. The receivers are probably getting a little more healthy for uh, Brady, and maybe with the hurricane, you think the Tampa might want to be inspired to play uh, a little better, and do you think that, you know the Chiefs? want to bounce back after two kind of lackluster offensive weeks mm-hmm. so i i yeah yeah i don't i don't dislike that bet at all yeah i mean and i don't think either team particularly likes each other anyway too so they they may have some extra motivation to to go after that for the uh super bowl rematch right from a few years ago definitely want to win this game uh, they probably take it personally, given given the fact that they did, were uh, beaten so handily in the Super Bowl uh, by by the Buccaneers. My, you want to go to my second bet? Sure. Uh, my, these 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 look like uh, bets that Rubes would make. Seeing the, I, I'm basically betting on the most famous teams uh, for first. So I, I bet on the Raiders. Uh, uh, minus two and a half, and I'm I'm also betting on the Cowboys minus three at home, hosting the Washington Commanders. I think uh, the Cowboys have been pretty good under Cooper Rush. They knocked off the undefeated New York, the undefeated juggernaut that was the New York Giants, at home. Uh, in in the uh, uh, in uh, MetLife Stadium, so I think that I think the Cowboys are kind of on a roll. They're getting, they're staying healthy. Uh, other than Prescott, um, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard have both been pretty good in the backfield. CeeDee Lamb had a big game. That was despite a the, fantastic catch that he had, that one-handed grab. Yeah, he had a great one-handed catch. He dropped an easy one, but he made a very difficult one. So, and it's only three points. It's mm-hmm. low. It, it's really saying that the Cowboys and Guardian, I mean, the Guardians, Cowboys, and uh, <laughs> Commanders. So I'm, I'm getting these euphemistic the teams. Commies. The Commies, the Commies, um, are evenly matched. I, I think Washington played pretty well. They're, they played. It seems like maybe they played very well since they beat Jacksonville, uh, the, a, a new powerhouse. It seems like uh, in Week One, but they got rolled by the Eagles at home. Carson Wentz maybe is just Carson Wentz. And so, yeah, I like the Cowboys to win. So uh, minus three isn't isn't too much. I don't think too. And that is it. That is at home too, right? Yeah, it's in, it's in Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. So my my second pick, um, I I like the um, the offensive potential from uh, the Jacksonville uh, Philly 
Eagles game. Um, both both have had pretty impressive starts to the year uh, offensively. Uh, Over under on that game is uh, forty eight points. Like that that also seems to be very achievable. So I, I'm taking the over in that game. Uh, yeah, Philly scored a lot of points in two at least two out of their three games. Jacksonville same the same. So that could be a high scoring game. Yeah, I don't I don't think the um, either team's defense is as uh, stout as um, some of the other uh, uh, you know more notable defensive teams at least. So I, this, I really think that game could get, um, you know, turn into a shootout type of type of play. I, I think that's possible. I think that's possible. I don't think that's a bad – it's in Philadelphia. The Eagles um, are probably going to be pretty good at home. Jacksonville has you know, played pretty well on the road last week, so maybe they can, mm-hmm. they can keep that up this week. And, you know, the, it's, it's also uh, – I think the weather is supposed to be decent, so it's not like it's – Philadelphia in November, December for a Florida team so to, to play in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I can see that. I think I can see that going over. Both Jalen Hurts and uh, Trevor Lawrence have both had very good uh, starts to their season. Uh, maybe looking to be, join the upper echelon of young quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that may be. I think it really could be an entertaining game to to watch if uh, if, if it's available to to check in on. It probably is not though. I'm assuming <laughs> going to be in in my uh, my region at least. Anyway, I'll check out the coverage map for five oh six sports. That's what I usually look at. It, yeah, I I might be able to watch it in my neck of the woods. Yeah, Philadelphia at Washington. If you lived in Wichita, you would be able to catch the game, Andrew. So if you go, if you take the if you take the trip down to Wichita, uh, you uh, can go. I think that's a I think that's a hard pass, Mike. Um, I don't see that in my future. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about, how about your uh, third pick for this week, Mike? My third pick is, uh, is, is one of the later games. It's the uh, Monday night game, I believe. And that is going to be uh, the Rams at the 49ers. The 49ers are actually favored by two and a half at home. I like, I like the Rams in this game. I think the Rams will win. I think the Rams are a better team than the 49ers. I think the 49ers offense isn't that great right now, even with Garoppolo. Uh, again, they were only able to muster 10 points against Denver. And, you know, historically, I think Mike Shanahan, I mean, Kyle Shanahan has had Sean McVay's number a lot of the time, but I think the 40, I think, I think the Rams are, you know, the Super Bowl champions last year. I think, I think they're right now a, a better team than the 49ers. So I think they'll win, and it's only two and a half. So uh, I, I, I think I might as well go with the Rams on that one. Interesting. I think their uh, offense is, is going to fall in, in in sync this time? Well, I think so. I think, you know, Cup is still there. I mm-hmm. think the running game is starting to be a little bit better. Akers is playing a little bit more. Henderson's still a pretty good running back. I think 
you know, the, I think Stafford might be feeling a bit better as the season goes on. So I like, yeah, I, 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 I like the Rams to win. So I, I, I think two and a half isn't very much to bet um, to, to worry about. So I think it might be, it might be a fairly close game, but if I can get it, if the Rams won by a field goal, I win. So I, I like, I like, I like, I, I, I would, I would have guessed probably that the Rams would have been favored over San Francisco. Yeah. Um, just, just looking at it. But uh, so, yeah, I, that was something that, that drew me to that game. I would say the Rams are a better, a better team right now. So, and I, I don't think the home field advantage matters that much in San Francisco right now, given the fact that the team's been kind of up and down. I guess they'll support Garoppolo, but it's it's a it's a it's a home field advantage depending on if the weather is windy and uh, things like that. But this early in the season, I think the weather uh, is actually going to be good. So I was looking at, I was looking somewhat at the weather forecasts. Uh, really, of, of of the games and. If as long as the weather wasn't supposed to be too uh, crazy, I, 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 yeah, I, I like the Rams. I think uh, my third pick. I'm gonna look at this uh, Bills Ravens game. Um, I really have uh, no idea who's going to win this one. Uh, Buffalo's favored by three is all at, at uh, Baltimore, but uh, I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of points scored in this one. So uh, it, it is a relatively high over under number 52, um, but uh, I think one team is probably going to score a lot of points. I don't know yeah. what it is. Uh, Ravens have been giving up a lot of points on defense. So. They have. They, they, they won the last game 36 to 27 against New England. They, they, was a 42-38 against it was basically a shootout. Miami against shootout Miami. shootout. And they and they um it was the 37 oh 24-9 was the first week against the Jets. So yeah, low scoring against the Jets. Mm. But Buffalo they still put, they still put 24 up, but the Jets offense is not very impressive. Yeah. A 28-24 would get you to 52. And I I think I could see that game being much higher scoring than 28-24. At least one of the teams is going to be in the 30s. So, which is if the, if the other defense, like, one of the defenses holds up well. <laughs> it could be, a, you know, kind of a blowout, but it's still, I think it's still going to get up around that 52. So, I'm going to that one. I think all of your bets make sense. I'm just shying away from the overs and unders right now, uh, given how screwy some of these scores have been lately. But not predictable. Maybe, maybe not just leaning into it and going over uh, is 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 the way is 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 the way to go. I'm I'm sticking. I'm trying to stick with the teams. I think that will win. I went I went with closer spreads this time than 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 I have some of the times uh, the last couple of weeks. One week I went with all the minus ten uh, mm. spreads. This week I'm my biggest margin is is the Cowboys at minus three. So everything within a field goal here. So I'm, I'm really just picking the teams I think that will win uh, the closer, so some of the close spread games. And it, typically, if the team wins, they're going to win by at least a field goal, usually. Usually. So, um, none of that seems crazy at all. But 
I, I'm not sure that I know who's going to win a game right now at all with, uh, um, you know, Jacksonville, Dallas winning games without, a, without their actual quarterback, surprisingly. Um, I, I really have no idea who's going to win games. <laughs> yeah, we have, like some teams have to score some points eventually. It's bound to happen. Yeah, I, yeah this, this NFL season has been very unpredictable so far. And at least, at least it's been unpredictable for me uh, and, and you. We haven't been able to. Even less uh, predictable for me, apparently. And these, and, and these are the ones, and these are the, game, the games that we're picking are the ones we think are, we're most confident in. So that goes to show that maybe, maybe you should not be a, a gambler if you don't feel like losing money. That's why, that's why I have not opened my uh, account yet at uh, any of the sports books that have uh, opened in Kansas yet. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think I'm going to bet anything until I can be consistently uh, near 500 or above 500. I think it's. Yeah. Do, do you would you um, look at just a recency bias? Like if you if you went three and zero this week, would you go make a bet next week, or would you have to get your season average over 500 before you consider it? How much? Uh, how much um, statistical? Um, relevance do you need before you're uh, willing to go to the window i'd like to go for a whole season and then see how i'm doing i don't i, don't, I can't see myself making a real bet this year maybe a five dollar bet maybe that low yeah <laughs> no betting at all yeah no it's only not a hundred dollars i wouldn't be betting that much yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't either but I would like to make some bets. I think it seems it seems yeah. entertaining. It gives a reason to watch, root for teams that aren't necessarily um, you know games you might not even watch or um, at least um, had a, a rooting interest in anyway, right? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm I am betting that this week will be another exciting week of NFL football. Uh, how about that? Perfect. <laughs> about the wussiest bet anyone could make. <laughs> I'm betting that both teams have fun. There we go. Yeah, uh, with that, do you want to you, you wrap it up? Sure. Well, this has been another exciting week of the Warning Truck Power Hour, talking about all things FL and some things Royals. <laughs> and uh, we will be back next week, and we will review our picks from uh, this week and make more picks for week five. Until then, I am Dr. Mike Werman. He is Dr. Andrew Scaff. We are the Warning Trek Power Hour. Please like and or subscribe to our podcasts, uh, which is available on many platforms, including uh, YouTube and all the different uh, ways you might want to listen to podcasts. And we thank you for your, your for listening, and we hope to see you again next week at the same time. Good day. <laughs>